okay without it. I'll be there with the hammers of justice. And make no mistake, I will fucking kill you. It's not who I am underneath, but what I do. God, now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Let's dance, bozo. Hello and welcome to Gotham City Limits, the internet's premier podcast for all things Batman. He is Vengeance, he is the Knight, and I'm M, and that's Autumn. Hi. It's Batman time. Batman, it's Batman. Batman time. We both read... A lot of Batman, I feel like. You more than me, but both of us read a good amount. So, okay, so this is what happened. I read, I was like, I'm going to read the next Morrison, because there was a bunch of, like, Ostrander stuff or whatever that looked kind of bad in between the Morrison stuff that I was like, I'm not going to bother with this. So I went to the next Morrison yeah. thing, and the next Morrison thing is, uh, I have it here, it is Batman uh, 663, which is mm-hmm. a long-form prose uh-huh. thing with, like, weird digital art about... Um, mm-hmm. the Joker had got shot in the face or something, and now he's like rehabbed and he's got to get rid of Harley Quinn. And Harley Quinn's like, well, fuck you, Buster. Um, and there's like, she basically helps in his capture as Harley Quinn does. Um, and, but it's all prose and weird CG stuff. And my friend Rick, who listens to the show, I was like, oh, this is, this is probably like riffing on Batman Digital Justice, which I did also read today. <laughs> <laughs> but but this was this was so dense because it was all prose narrative and it was like this is just not what I wanted of comics. I thought it was fucking miserable. Um, and so I just like dr- I dragged ass through it for two days and then I was like okay whatever I'll make sure I read Digital Justice before that. And so then I went I, I so I didn't read any more Morrison on that one issue and I've heard it was important. It's relevant to what happens next. Did you say that Rick said that someone said I d- that? I I think I said that. Okay. And I read Batman Digital Justice, which is a one shot from February 1990, uh, created by, uh, Pepe Moreno, um, and, uh, Doug Murray. And it is about the future at the end of the 21st century, um, where long after Batman has died, the grandson of Jim Gordon, Jim Gordon is now uh, in the police department <laughs> in like, cyberpunk where everyone's plugged into the net and the net is ruled by the joker who has been turned into a sentient computer virus that dictates this horrible cyber culture um and he finds himself uh picking up the mantle of the batman which he finds in his like grandfather's stuff um and then once he starts being batman the bat computer which is bruce wayne's uploaded like a version of himself into in his like declining years and alfred the robot pick him up and teach him or like instruct him on how to be batman while they decide to take down the joker through cybercrime like the net and it's all cg nonsense it's fucking ridiculous did you have you ever read Batman Year One Hundred? <laughs> it's been a long time, but I have read that. Yes, I was I was just laughing because I it's great that uh, they just do this premise every few years. Um. <laughs> yep. 
I mean, the, um, like the, the Batmobile that shows up in this, it might as well be the Batman Beyond Batmobile, where I'm almost certain they designed it after the one in this comic. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> this was not a good comic, but it was very funny. It wasn't on uh, DC Unlimited, so I read it off a shady comics website. Had a great time. Um, it's bad. I'd literally never heard of it. And, like, I just... I just assumed that I would have heard of this, but apparently not. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, um, I know you read some more stuff. I feel like. Um, yeah, you can go. You can go ahead. I'll wrap back around because my other thing's a big different tack, basically. Yeah, so. yeah. My thing like kind of spins out of what you were saying. So, um, I was, um, I think specifically because I was reading about Talia al Ghul and the 70s Batman stuff, I was like, you know what, I'm going to take a swing at uh, Morrison Batman. You know, I can just, like, talk about it on the podcast. Uh, and it clicked with me a lot better this time. I read the um, Batman and Son trade paperback, and then I... Because um, I've, I've read that probably twice before, but I was like, I'm going to, like... Now that I have a Batman podcast, I'm going to take a very earnest swing at, like, trying to read through all of it. So I was like, I'll start at the start. I'll read Batman and Son, even though I, like, know it pretty well. Um, I liked it a lot better than I had the previous times I read it. Um, and I pressed on to, uh, I'm, like, two issues into Black Glove, which I like a lot. I've mentioned that before. And this is the first time that I have read any of this run and did not just skip, uh, um clown at midnight entirely because yeah uh 663 is really bad <laughs> um i just yes. hate i hate that issue um i did the opposite of you you dragged it out over two days i was like i'm finishing this right the fuck now and i was like like i was not reading it very closely i was like okay i'm gonna read like two sentences from this paragraph and i'm gonna read like three sentences from this paragraph and then i'm going to the next page um like i just plowed through it like i just hate that issue um, and yeah, the other, the other thing, um, I, I won't talk about it cause I don't think you've read it yet, but, uh, I'll be interested to hear what you had to say about Batman 66, 66, uh, yeah. which is in the Morrison run. Um, I like read it and I was like, I'd rather just be reading Batman beyond. Um, uh, the Morrison run in general is like. The Morrison run in general is working for me a lot better um, than it had the last couple times I took some swings at it. But um, it really sucks that you get, like, 663, a couple normal issues, and then 666, which are just, like, I just don't like either of those, like, special issues at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And then other than that, I read, like, probably 12 issues of Frank Miller Daredevil in bed yesterday, which is, like tangentially related to batman but not batman so we don't have to dwell on it i mean if you want to uh-huh. people love to hear about marvel you just know you'll never catch me reading marvel books so <laughs> um i read um and i've read all of this before too i read i just been rereading a lot of stuff because i've you know had a hard time at work lately and so i'm like i'm just gonna yeah. you know read the things that i know that i like um or at least have an interest in um so i read the first like Daredevil 169 or whatever to to 172 which is like the first uh arc of um Miller's time on Daredevil uh Frank Miller like probably more famous for writing Batman um and 
Um, that 169 to 172 is just a really good story about, like, Daredevil getting into it with the Kingpin for the first time. Um, it's just, it's just fucking good. Like, if you, um, have ever thought to yourself, I wish Batman was more of a sad sack of shit, um, like, Frank Miller Daredevil has your back. Um, and then I skipped ahead to the other thing I knew I liked, which is, um, like, which is Born Again, which is literally, like, Miller... Leaves Marvel for a year or two, goes and writes Dark Knight Returns and um, Year One, and then comes back uh, to Marvel and does Daredevil Born Again with David Mazzuchelli from Year One. Um, And it is very much like, it's not an origin story, but it feels very much like, let's give um, Daredevil a story that's going to like have the sort of prestige of uh, Batman Year One. Um, I don't like it as much as Year One. But it's really fucking good. I think, like, uh, Mazzuchelli really fucking goes for it in that book. Um, there's and... a lot of there's a lot of perfectly good comics that are not as good as year one. It's yes. a hard part of it. <laughs> yes. Like, it is still, like, I rated it five stars on Goodread. Like, <laughs> it's still fucking great. It's just, um, it's not year one. But um, I feel like I... I feel like uh, Mazzuchelli is, like, trying a lot of different stuff throughout year one. Whereas, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, or throughout Born Again, whereas I feel like year one is just, like, him doing, like, just some good fucking comic books, you know, and yeah. just, like, a very straightforward sort of way, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not, I mean, that's, like, one of the best-looking books I've ever seen, but I wouldn't call it showy in, in like, that way, in, like, an experimental yeah. way. It's, like, we're just, we're just putting panels in front of panels, and it's gonna look fucking good, and that's what they Yes, do. exactly. And I feel like, I feel like because, um, like, Born Again is about, like, um, Kingpin just fucking ruins Daredevil's life, uh, and then, um, like, in return, Daredevil ruins his, and so because, like, the story is kind of about, like, these characters just, like, mental states just, like, falling apart, just, like, this total, like, psychic deterioration, uh, like, the cartooning gets a little more just, like, oh, we're gonna totally exaggerate things and, like, distort things and all that sort of stuff. Not often, but here and there. Okay. So... Um, so I was like, I don't want to read that comic. I I was stuck in the middle of that comic. I hadn't finished it yet. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to go back to this. I don't want to move forward. So I'm just going to find some Batman shit to watch because, uh, my roommate has HBO plus and turns out there's a lot of DC shit on that. Um, (laughs) HBO max, whatever the HBO streaming service. And I load that up and I was like, I'm going to watch an episode or two of Harley Quinn. Check that out. Uh, I watched all of season one of Harley Quinn plus the first episode of season two in the last two days. (laughs) That's what I did with my time. Um, Harley Quinn is the adult animated TV show. I, it's weird because I was really put off by the first episode. It's one of those. It's like loves. Be, it's like we're, we're on, we're on it. Cause it was originally like a DC universe uh, thing and now it's on HBO, or whatever. And it's like, oh, we can do, we can do whatever. Fuck Batman. It's one of those, right? Like everyone swears. Mm-hmm. And it's really bloody mm-hmm. and the violence is really gratuitous and it loves making some crass jokes. Um, in a way that I just don't love, but, um, I was like, I'll keep going. You know, I, I was on the couch. I had nothing going on. I was like, yeah, it's, it's either this or work on a video game for my other podcast. I don't want to play. So these are what, this is what I'm doing right now. Right. Um, and it just kind of tur- there was an episode where Harley, like, this is about Harley. Like she, she dumps the Joker in the first episode. It's about her trying to establish herself as a presence in Gotham when everyone just thinks of her as Joker's annoying girlfriend. Um, 
except for Ivy, who believes in her with her whole heart. But Ivy's like a Daria type in this, where she's just sarcastic and dry and doesn't know how to express her feelings properly um, because she hangs out with plants all the time. And so Harley's going around trying to get a crew. She's got like King Shark in her crew. She's got Dr. Psycho, who's like one of my least favorite DC villains. He fucking sucks. Just the worst <sighs> man. Um, and in this, he, that, like that's the joke, but I also find it unpleasant. Um, his whole thing is he was fighting Wonder Woman and he called her the C word on live television. And so his career as a villain is over basically. Basically, like everyone distanced himself from him. It's a PR nightmare. And Harley's like, well, I'll let him in my group. And maybe we he agrees because he's like, oh, this will help me rehab my image or whatever. Um, anyway. Um, so she needs a nemesis and no one's signing up. Like no one gives a shit about Harley Quinn, uh, except for Damian Wayne, who's like, I'll fight you. A fucking 12 year old boy, just like the <laughs> cutest little guy. Um, and Superman is encouraging this. He comes in and he's like, Oh, you need a nemesis. Of course, go fight Harley Quinn. Um, just being like this ridiculous boy scout. And then Damian is like super mad. Oh, so they, so what happens is she wants to get Superman as her nemesis. So she kidnaps Lois Lane and he brings in Damian because Damian already following around Harley Quinn being like I can be your nemesis and he's like take care of this kid I know you got it and he's like don't patronize me isn't there something like a cat you need to rescue out of a tree and Superman <laughs> flies away is like laughing at him like oh you scamp or whatever and that stuff is so fucking charming I was like I'm I guess I'm in on this show like they just nailed the idea that like everyone is kind of disgusted that this murderous 12 year old boy just exists in their universe and they have to deal with the fact that he's <laughs> Batman's Robin <laughs> And that episode, that episode ends where, uh, they get, like, Robin gets in over his head or whatever, and Batman has to come save him. And then it, the en episode ends with him in the Batcave pouting. And he's sitting at the back of here, like, his giant screen, just like every other Batman version. And he's just, like, in the chair, like, playing a video game on his phone. And just, like, this tiny child in this giant cave with this giant computer playing on his phone. And then Batman comes in and is like, I, I made you grilled cheese. And he's got the bat symbol burned into it. And he's like, you made Alfred make you make grilled cheese. You didn't make anything. He's like, well, I told Alfred to do it. That counts. Um, <laughs> And they just had this father-son moment, and it was beautiful. And I was like, I'm in on this show. I'm just going to watch it. And after that, like, the Harley and Ivy stuff's, like, relatively good. It's about the – it's about sometimes you and your best friend are in a weird relationship that might be dating, but neither of you know that yet. Sometimes that just happens. Yeah. Um, and that stuff's pretty good. Like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and so, uh, I had a pretty good time. Their Batman's really funny because this show, obviously hard R, they got Diedrich mm -hmm. Bader to be Batman in this, um, who did Batman in Brave and the Bold. And he's still playing oh, the sick. Brave and the Bold character, basically. Like, he doesn't oh, swear. Perfect. He's just doing the voice. He's just acting very straight laced and like, you know, uh, he isn't quite as like G shucks about it, but he's just playing Batman as like the one normal man in a world that is like a zany r-rated cartoon and it's fantastic it's a perfect way to pitch him <laughs> that's perfect yeah um yeah you posted that clip um of like um harley shows up and um joker's like oh i was just reading infinite jest and he's like oh, that doesn't look like you've opened the spine once yes and i was like okay this show seems okay yeah um <laughs> And so I was, I was watching that. I was like, this is good. You know, I like Harley. Like I watched, uh, the suicide squad, I think in the past week. And I'll probably talk about that on one of my other podcasts, but like that was like up and down, but like I like Margot Robbie's Harley. I think she's like a, she has a lot of charisma. I'm like, I like Harley Quinn. We haven't even come, come to her in the show yet, but I like Harley Quinn. So I was like, I'm going to go on to DC universe. I'm going to read the first Harley Quinn, like in main continuity comic, which is a one, like a one shot graphic novel called Batman Harley Quinn written by Paul Dini in 1999. And I'd read this before, but I kind of forgotten all about it. And it takes place in the middle of fucking no man's land. <laughs> 
in the middle of it. It's not in even the, like <laughs> poison ivy's running around like delivering vegetables to people who don't have food because Batman has deputized her to help him deliver food, and she comes across uh, Harley, who everyone knows as that crazy uh, lady from Arkham who now follows the Joker, and it's it's all that stuff. But because it's a comic from '99, um, I want to know who. Where can I find out who drew this? Because I think it looks fucking awful. Uh, <laughs> Neil Gouge is the illustrator. I don't know. It I just know has you pointed. You posted some like uh, you were you were showing me some like uh, Ultimate Comics like Spider Man Ed Bagley art from the early aughts, and it kind yeah. of has that vibe. Just terrible, like how to draw manga faces that are gooey and awful. <laughs> um, and it's it's just a story about because it's Paul Dini, of course, and he's writing this thing, and it's like the introduction. I like Quinn. It's all about how uh, she just loves Mister J, and that's her whole thing. And I'm and between the show and this stuff, and like my general, I don't understand why anyone would be invested in the idea of Harley and the Joker. It's just repellent to me at this point. She's such a more interesting character than this. Yeah, that's the thing is that like and like the the um. I'm really glad I haven't seen any of the uh, Margot Robbie movies, but I'm really mm-hmm. glad that, like, seemingly everybody at DC has decided, okay, we're just going to skip the part where, um, like, she's involved with the Joker, because that's, like, the least interesting part. There's, like, a <laughs> little know? bit of that in the original Suicide Squad, but that's it, basically. I kind of want to watch that new Suicide Squad and also the Birds of Prey movie, because I haven't seen either, and they sound good, and I would like, I, I would like to like Harley Quinn again. <laughs> My thing with both those, my thing with both those is that like, I think I like Birds of Prey more overall, but I think there's stuff in Suicide, the the Suicide Squad that is like good. They're both like, they're not like, they're not going to be anyone's favorite movie. They're just Mm -hmm. superhero movies, right? You watch them and you kind of forget about them a week a week later. Um, like I like King Shark and the the new Suicide Squad. He's voiced by um, God, what's his face? Sylvester Stallone. Um, as like this kind of like. Beloved, like a lump of shark kind of character in the TV show. He is voiced, uh, he is voiced by, uh, Ron Funches, who plays him as like the tech. He's the tech guy in Harley's gang because no one else has, he knows, knows how to use a fucking computer. So he's just like in a hoodie and he's like, a, you know, the, the big nerd character and it's fucking great. <laughs> um, that's an, an amazing that's way good. to play King Shark. Uh, that's fucking but yeah, good. <laughs> um, I think, I think that stuff's good. I think Birds of Prey is like a very, like, reason, like, that's a, that's a normal movie you can just watch. Um, yeah. I think the, I think it's too long. I think the last half hour is like not great, but there's a good mm-hmm. action scene in the middle and, uh, Mario Robbie's great in it. And that's what, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Um, yeah, I just was like thinking about it a little bit because you were tweeting about the show and I was like, oh, right. I really love Harley Quinn in the 90s um i yeah. don't know about 90s comics i haven't read a ton of the 90s like comics that she did i remember in, but... i mean i've watched i've read like all of the batman adventures that are like from the show obviously right yeah and that yeah. harley quinn's great because it's just that voice and that character and then they introduced her to main superhero comics and it's weird because like i've i haven't read a ton of them but the problem with harley quinn is that men love harley quinn but not in the same mm-hmm. way i love harley quinn yes. and it just yes. makes like like the fucking suicide girls version of harley quinn that's like weird yes. juggalo sex object i hate i fucking hate it i don't want anything to do with that <laughs> i hate that and then i also hate the sort of like 2010s response to that where she's now just kind of like 
girl boss Deadpool yes, a bit. Yes, yes, <laughs> I read some of that and I was like, I, I see what people get out of this, but man, I just, I'm just too tired and cynical to enjoy this thing. Yeah, like, I, I understand the appeal of that at least, but it's profoundly not for me. <laughs> yes. Um, um, so I don't know, I, I might like dig around like from her- time to time. Um yeah. yeah, I think that DC, DC show, if you can get over, like, the general tone of, like, the, you know, adult cartoons, I think it's got good stuff, and I think they understand why the character appeals to people. Um, okay. I just like the part of someone who, like, just, like, fakes it till they makes it into being a supervillain. I think that's a good story. <laughs> But yeah, um, I also was just remembering No Man's Land. I'm like, this shit happens in the middle of No Man. No Man's Land is like got eight thousand things going on, and also we introduce Harley Quinn into the main continuity um, through like a flashback about how the Joker hates her. <laughs> I was like, uh, I was like poking around on websites today, and I was like, okay, like if I wanted to like read some Spider Man, like wh- what trade should I pick up? I was just like, I'm in a bit of a Spider Man mood, and I was poking around, and I was like, oh right, because like. Especially in the 90s, there was just, like, five different Spider-Man titles running at the same time. And then when you tweeted something about No Man's Land today, I was like, oh, right, that was also happening with Batman. Just, like, like, there was an arms race between, like, how many fucking, like, Spider-Man and Batman titles can we run simultaneously? (laughs) I, No Man's Land might be my favorite big Batman story. I read it, like, really early on, and I just love it. I just think it's awesome. (laughs) It is definitely, like, the big Batman story that I haven't read that I'm, like, most excited to get to one of these days. Um, It sounds, like, just perfectly my shit. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. That's Comic Corner, which might end up being longer than us talking about this episode, but you know, that's Probably. how it goes. I sent you, I sent you some panels that just came over of this, this Harley Quinn introduced to the comics universe. Ooh, these faces. Yeah, they're bad, right? <laughs> this is how to draw manga. <laughs> yes. Um, it's just a terrible era for comics, I guess. I guess so. Anyway, we should get to our episode this week. We are watching The Forgotten, uh, which was written by uh, Jules Dennis, uh, Richard Mueller, and Sean Catherine Derrick, uh, directed by Boyd Kirkland. This came out October 8th, 1992. Would you give us the five-sentence summary of The Forgotten? Sentence one. Um, Bruce Wayne is helping out at a local soup kitchen and hears tell of, um, like, homeless people and transient folks, um, like, going missing, and the police don't care because, like, it's not a very flashy case. Um, sentence two. Um, he goes in disguise to, like, sort of, like, see what these kidnappings are all about and himself gets kidnapped and in the process of that gets bonked on the head and forgets that he's Batman. Uh, Sentence three, he wakes up in a mid-century chain gang movie um, and um, is like pressed into hard labor by a cartoon fat man. Um, Sentence four, uh, uh, Alfred uh, starts looking for Bruce and, like, um, starts comedy flying the Batwing to where he, like, assumes Bruce might be, uh, through, like, he, like, you know, does some investigating. Sentence five, Bruce remembers that he's Batman and just kicks a whole bunch of ass. 
Um, that's about it. This episode's really good, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, this was this was near the bottom of the list when we looked at that list. I was like, "The Forgotten's better than that." Yeah, I don't Excuse think it's like one you. of the best episodes of the show, but it's like it it solidly it middle. It suggests this is my favorite thing. The, the Forgotten's like a prequels level Batman episode, and that it, it suggests to me a lot of questions that Batman doesn't have the answers to, which is. <laughs> Bruce Wayne is a major benefactor of this soup kitchen where he also volunteers, but he like, he cuts them a big check and then he shows up to dispense soup and that's it. That's what, that's what Bruce Wayne does. That's, that's his, that's his idea of helping people. He's a, he's uh, this episode. This is weird because this is like the question of where the animated series, like where it takes place. Like this is a U.S. based gold mine that Uh uses like kidnapped labor not from prisons and also not skilled laborers because mining is like an actual job that you have to be good at to do. Um, it's not like low cost labor, at least in the modern era, because mining's hard because we mined all the easy gold out of the world. <laughs> so right. it's hard to get now. Uh, so you, you know, like whatever. And they, they say at the end of this episode that he's a millionaire. And I'm like, Bruce Wayne's not, a, Bruce Wayne has been a millionaire in decades. That man's a billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> that um, was the funniest part of this, this episode to me. Um, the uh, second funniest. There was something that made me crack up. I'm I'm gonna look at what that was. <laughs> okay. uh, so yeah, he works in the soup kitchen. But he, if he's a, if he's like the 1930s version of a millionaire or a billionaire today, he has the money to house every homeless person mm-hmm. in Gotham City, yes. and have extra. Like yes. you know, he might not be Bezos, but Gotham City's not the United States, right? Like Bezos could do this like globally. He could do this like to the city. He could just give everyone houses, and he and he works at a soup kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> And then, it's... and then he goes through this whole thing and he finds out that these people were like, you know, human trafficked into slave labor, um, including like the, the one guy he meets, like, uh, what's his name? Ben, uh, it, or Dan, Dan Riley is one, a black man who has put it pressed into this, but also a man with a job who moonlights at the soup kitchen, just helping people out. Um, and at the end of all this, he's like, if y'all need a job, maybe I could hook you up. I'm kind of a big deal. Not here's a million dollars. Don't worry about it. I'm, I'm set you up as like the leadership of a new, better, like soup kitchen where no one will ever get human trafficked out of again. No, <laughs> if you, if you two men specifically need a job, not the other guys, fuck them. They're dead to me. Uh, come see me. Here's my card. Alfred will hook you up. I'm busy. I'm Bruce Wayne. There's there's like a uh a sort of like internet gotcha thing that people are like, oh, why doesn't Batman just write checks? Why doesn't Bruce Wayne just like eliminate crime in Gotham by like, you know, lifting everyone up out of poverty? And I love that this uh, this episode provides really dumb answers to that question, which is that like he does, but he's really bad at it. <laughs> uh, he he literally has a nightmare when he's like trying to remember who he is or whatever, where he's on the street as Bruce Wayne and he gets he like someone comes up to him and he gives him like a dollar or whatever. And then he gets mobbed by like homeless people who are swarming around him like a zombie horde. Mm. Bruce Wayne is is like, if I if I built homes for the homeless, people would just keep asking. And that 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 can't be a solution. I can't be the one who pulls everyone out of poverty. What would I have left? Uh, says the man who owns a flying saucer, which he uses to fight crime. He, like, <laughs> so the other funny thing that happens here to me is that, like, because the end of the episode is, like, they're all at, like, the Gotham police station, I assume, like, giving, you know, reports about, like, what happened. And they're walking mm-hmm. out, um, and he's just, like, 
He's just Bruce Wayne. Like his he when he was in disguise for most of the episode, he had white hair. Um, now he's like back to his black hair. So everybody like he's Bruce Wayne, and he pulls up in the Rolls Royce, and then makes the other guys walk home. <laughs> yes, it's so fucking funny. <laughs> he's such a shit. Yes. Um. His also Bruce Wayne. Look, I know. I know what. Jeff Bezos looks like Bruce Wayne is going out on town. He's like he's like the one of the major people in the city with like a bad dye job and like a spray paint beard and like and he he's driving a car to homeless areas and then walking around in those homeless areas. What yes. is this plan? This is the world's greatest <laughs> detective. Ross Al Ghul is going to recruit him in like twenty episodes. <laughs> The, the contrivance I, to get Batman in the situation where he's hit on the head and dragged into a human trafficking scheme is like the most ludicrous thing that's ever happened. I like forgot this episode and assumed that he was like, uh, I assumed that he went downtown as Batman and was like looking around and got bonked on the head. But of course you couldn't, you couldn't do that because, um, like, um, then there would just be the question of like, how do they not find out he's Batman? But also like, so, Batman shows up at the end of this, and then, like, Bruce Wayne leaves the camp, and, like, surely everybody who was there, or at the very least, like, the two guys he made friends with, have to know that Bruce Wayne is Batman. There's no way that they don't know that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, specifically, Alfred points out that he took the Studebaker, which is a car, like, that is a classic car that, like, they stopped making Studebakers in the 60s. Um, so he's <laughs> taking, vi- like, you know, again, nebulous part of where Gotham takes place in, but they have computers. Right. It's like, I'm going to say it's the 90s. It's Art Deco 90s. He took a car that is decades old to, like, the rundown part of town, like a vintage car, to walk around and pretend to be a homeless person uh, with his, like, beautiful white hair that he's, like, had professionally dyed because he's, like, a master. You know, we'll find out that he, like, learned from Zatanna and Zatara how to, like, you know, do all this stage magic shit, and that's why he can do all these disguises. Um ridiculous just the the (laughs) the most roundabout way to do this at all why don't you just talk to gordon he's your friend (laughs) hey jim could you investigate all the missing homeless people once (laughs) also like i I, I just want gordon in this show so bad i just want gordon in this show i'd like him in this show i want him to show up Why doesn't Batman do the, why is Bruce Wayne dressing up to do the investigation? Why isn't Batman out there? Like, I don't, one of the weirdest parts of the Batman mythos to me is the amount of times Bruce Wayne decides, I'm going to dress up as another man who is not Batman to do anything. (laughs) Where's the, what, what, what do you, what what was that game you? What's Matches Malone's whole deal? Who gives a shit? Um... Other thing, uh, totally unrelated about this episode, my favorite thing in, um, superhero fiction is when, like, superheroes seemingly, like, just let guys die. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm not gonna kill you, but I don't have to save you, is in fact a Batman (laughs) premise, thank you. (laughs) I know, but it's, so, this episode is, like, a very funny version of it, because he goes to, uh, he knocks out all these guys, Arkham Asylum style, in this mine. Um, and at the end, the mine is about to explode, and he goes to great lengths to save, um, like, the boss guy, who's, like, the, you know, the 
kind of cartoon character of a fat person that I the mentioned wretched earlier. the disgusting wretched fat man who's eating all the time yeah uh his whole gimmick is like the the voice actors eating into the microphone and it just is na- it's like the nastiest shit in the world <laughs> i don't like i don't like like mukbang i don't like people eating into a microphone it's so disgusting to me so um like Batman goes to great lengths to save that guy. Everyone yes. else, he just lets them die. He yes. just lets them die in a mind collapse. Does not give a <laughs> shit. <laughs> and it's like one of those things where if the mine had just blown up, I maybe wouldn't have thought about it. The uh, the thing that makes it good is that he does save one guy. <laughs> yes. Um. um. The uh, the other thing about that scene specifically where he's going through the mines is... Th- so, the way Batman and all this, the guys are animated is, like, they're lit... The boss has, like, a lantern. And they're all lit in stark, like, light gray and dark mm-hmm. gray, like, shadow. Like, it just looks like year one at that point. It's, like, incredible, the animation... They did not tell the background painters that that's what they were doing. The backgrounds no. are in full color, like just like <laughs> full lit and like lush and like these mind backgrounds. And you have these characters in this like this deep shadow, like just black and white. And it's 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 like it's jarring in like its own interesting way. But I'm like, this episode was not communicating with with like people making it what was happening here. No, <laughs> literally, no. Batman and the boss when they confront each other are in black and white on color backgrounds, and it's weird looking. <laughs> So the first time it happens, it's got, like, um, one of the, like, guards, like, above Batman, and Batman is down below him in black and white. And I was like, oh, okay, that's just this one shot. But then the rest of the sequence um, also keeps doing, like, uh, the characters in black and white. And I'm like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. Someone had a really good idea for that one shot, and then uh, just, like executed the rest of this whole sequence poorly yeah because like there's definitely a version of the sequence where it's all like pitch black except for what's lit by the lantern and everything everything's just like the shape of batman coming out of the gloom but you can't you can't make that on on this budget with this kind of show right like it's just too much yeah this is episode eight that that was in episode one we don't get that in episode eight we get this (laughs) (laughs) um uh, yeah. Alfred should know how to fly the bat plane. I think this is uh, yes, like an I was important the same part thing. of Alfred. <laughs> um, he doesn't. Bruce Bruce isn't home the night after. Or whatever. He's like, oh, I, I've never known Batman. Uh, Batman's more afraid of the sun than vampires. Um, and just starts fussing about like, where could Bruce be? Uh, the Studebaker's gone. There should be like a whole like. 10 part checklist of what happens if Batman doesn't show up and all of it should be Alfred knows how to do this shit. Not like yes. comedy fly the bat plane down a box Canyon. <laughs> like, like, cause I just, I assume that, um, I just like, cause once again, totally don't remember how this episode goes. I was like, Oh, maybe there's something about like Bruce always keeps a tracker on him. You know, mm-hmm. like, just in his shoulder or something. It's, like, implanted in there so that, like, Alfred could go find him. Like, Alfred has to do detective shit, and he's, like, good at that. And then he can't fly the Batman, and then, like, the er, the Batwing, and then the <laughs> Alfred thing is, cannot like... fly the Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's, like, Siri being snippy at him. I'm like, none of this is necessary. I feel like Alfred should low-key be as, like, hyper-competent as Bruce is in all situations. Yeah. Like, he probably doesn't like doing it as much as Bruce does, right? But he can do it if need be. Yeah. 
Who's gonna Who's gonna like save the day by dressing up as Batman in a world where like you know uh, Dick Grayson's just getting to that age where he can do it, right? Like sometimes <laughs> Bruce Wayne and Batman have to be in the same place, and that means Alfred's got to dress up in the bat suit. That's like a classic Batman plot. <laughs> um. I, it almost like made me think like I'm like I wonder does Bruce walk out of this episode thinking I need a sidekick? <laughs> <'Cause>, like, <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, I, Dick's away at college right now, so right. I forgot that this show. Uh, does this show do Jason Todd at all? It or does no, no, it just no. They, do... they 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 give Tim Drake's. Uh, they give Tim Drake Jason Todd's backstory and right. just kind of compress the characters into one. That's um, what I was like. I remembered Dick and um, Tim showing up in this show, and I was like, "Does does Jason Todd even show up in this?" No, um, because when the show was made, Jason Todd was the Robin who got killed, and then no one ever talked about it again because no one gave a shit. All the stuff about right. him coming back was like t- t- fifteen years in the future. <laughs> right. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but Jason yeah, Todd being the- important only happens after like hush and shit. Yeah, death in the family would have happened in like what nineteen eighty eight, like right before this. Yeah. 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 Which, huh. you know, that's that's its own mess of a comic. Uh, Oof, it's have a you mess. ever read Death in the Family? <laughs> oh, it's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> um, the thing is that I really like uh, I really like Jim Aparo Batman art, and so I did read it, but um, it's a mess. <laughs> yeah, it's a mess. I would like to read some early, because that's all of the Jason Toss I've ever read. Like, I mean, obviously I've read, like, him coming back and, like, where he's mm. at these days. I like various parts, like, when it interfaces with Batman. But I would like to know what Jason Todd as Robin was like, because... Every story is about how Jason Todd was Robin and sucked at it and died, and now he's back and he's pissed. Um, right. I just want to see, like, the Robin who sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just want to see why he was such a hated character, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, but that means, that means reading a bunch of 80s comics and I don't, and that aren't Year One or The Dark Knight Returns, <laughs> and I'm not sure I want to do that, so. <laughs> I might do that, so. Yeah. Well, if you if you can point to ones that are like this is this is the Jason Todd this is why Jason Todd was this character and everyone voted to kill him, um, <laughs> then let me know because I'll read them. Um, but that might be all I've got for the forgotten. Uh, yeah, someone like tell me episode. why Red Hood is cool. We haven't we'll never cover Red Hood on this. We have to wait until we get to something way later down the line. But why is Red Hood cool? Why is he even... not? what's his like i i understand like people like the punisher i guess but i don't so what's the deal with red hood (laughs) that's like why is he cool i can't even think of like i am familiar through like cultural osmosis with a lot of like red hood stuff i don't actually know like i think i saw that direct to dvd movie yeah i I obviously played arkham knight um uh, yep 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 I, I, I'm struggling to tell you, like, what Jason Todd stuff I've even, like, engaged with in any way. Um, even on the other side of, like, oh, we brought him back as, like, the Edgelord Batman, uh, as the Edgelord Robin. Yeah, um, he's got 800 guns and he's not afraid to use them. <laughs> Which this, doesn't even this, work. This Robin fucks. A, That's his whole, like, personality. They made a different, uh, uh, fucking, they made a different Edgelord Robin. That's way better. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, we already had the Batman who uses guns. Like uh, Azrael exists. As bats is real. I should read. I should read Nightfall. I should just do that. Nightfall is interesting. I fucking hate it, but it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> 
I feel like it's it's just like one of those things I should read because I've read Death of Superman and I feel like I should just I, read Nightfall. I adore so that I... Death of Superman. I think Death, Death of of... Superman's like an incredible cross. Like especially when you get into the reign of the Superman and all that shit. Yes. I love it. Yes. I, I don't love the actual like Superman doomsday stuff itself. No, no, no. But the stuff that comes after, like they were really going for it. And I, when I felt I, like when I read that, I read a like one of the comic sites like dis like, you know, the, the download sites had like a big pack of everything leading up to death of Superman, the fallout and everything all the way through like the like he comes back or whatever and all that stuff. And right. I was just surprised at how good everything other than the actual death of Superman was like all the doomsday stuff is garbage, but everything around it's really good. <laughs> Yes, yes. Which is the opposite of the Batman stuff where the Bane thing's cool, but there's a hundred issues of other bullshit happening around it and all of that stuff is terrible. <laughs> um Dan Jurgens is like one of the big writers throughout Death of Superman, and um like my first um uh, like my first time reading a Dan Jurgens Superman comic was that like he came back to do action comics, I wanna say, in twenty sixteen when they did Rebirth. And mm-hmm. I, w- I remember I was at Barnes and Noble and I was like, Oh, I heard about this on the podcast, like, I'll read, like, this first trade issue of it. And I sat down and I was like, I just wanted to, like, get a feel for it. And I read the whole damn thing in, like, one sitting because, like, that shit just goes. Um, And I feel like when Death of Superman as an arc is clicking, like, it just fucking goes, you know, like. Yeah. The pace is just good. (laughs) So. Um, Death of Superman also has um, my favorite Lex Luthor, which is a long-haired, like, clone of Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor, with his own, like, brain in him or whatever. I forgot about that part. I remember Where Lex he's just like Where he's just like a weird red-headed hunk of a man for, for a little while. It's incredible. I love that man. <laughs> Literally every time I think about, like, like, um, there are, um... There are Batman characters that, like, when I picture them in my head, I, like, can picture them a whole bunch of different ways. Um, Superman characters, a lot of the time, are just, when I picture them in my head, like, the DC Animated Universe version of it. So, like, when I think of Lex Luthor, even if it's in a comic that I know he doesn't look like that, I picture the Justice League Lex Luthor, (laughs) you know? Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, Um... if we ever get to Superman, I can just talk at length about how I think Lex Luthor's like an like an incredible anti-hero of, of I I love Lex Luthor. I think he's great when he's not he's being good. misused or written poorly. Yeah, it's, that is the story of big two characters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> love him. He's just simply right about a lot of things. I'm sorry. Lex Luthor's great. <laughs> Lex Luthor the Shar Asnable. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't have anything else either, uh, so we should w- wrap this up. Next yeah. time, we are watching episode nine of Batman the Animated Series to be, uh, sorry, not to be, just be a clown. Um, so I don't great. really remember this one. I know I've seen it, don't really remember it too well, uh, but it's Joker, so it'll probably be good. Yeah. Um, excited for that. Uh, plugs. Um, you can find me on Twitter at autumnal underscore coffee. You can listen to all my other podcasts at exportaud.io. You should listen to, um, Export Audio, uh, which is a podcast I do with my wife about all sorts of different things. And sometimes she, uh, does an episode without me about the adventures of Sinbad or something. I don't know. <clears throat> Sinbad Legend of the Seven Seas. Thanks, babe. <laughs> okay uh you can find me on twitter at em underscore being you can find most of my podcasts at normalmapping.com 
This podcast, of course, uh, can be found at exportodd.io slash Batman. New episodes come out every Monday. If you want to get episodes a week early, subscribe to the Patreon, exportodd.io, for $1. There's a bunch of Patreon episodes, and they're all good. You should just pay the money. I don't know what you're doing at this point. Just give them the money. We put out so much fucking stuff on the Patreon these days. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, absolutely. It's like, it's like minimum one podcast a day on weekdays. <laughs> like... <laughs> of course, if if, you, if you're strapped for cash or whatever, you know, there's a lot yeah. of reasons. Uh, you can get these episodes, of course, a week later on Mondays. And tell your friends. Give them the free feed. Let them listen to the podcast. It's good. We'll talk about Batman forever. I'll talk. The more we yes. do this, I'm like, man, the, the, the watching the TV show is almost incidental to just, like, picking at Batman ephemera around the edges. That's the best yes. part. <laughs> yes. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Which is how I knew you'd be the perfect person to do this podcast with, because we're both like this. Um <laughs> Until next time, Batman. Batman. Batman.